This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right. This is Andros Sturgeon. And I am Justin Womack. And we are the marketing geeks that's right we are officially kicking off the podcast this is podcast number one another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If for uh, those of you who are uh, listening to the good old days of when we were young and dumb and just starting out, how are you, Justin? I am doing well. And, and, and let me say that we, we truly are. I mean, I live and breathe this stuff. So from a, from a geek yeah. standpoint, like, yeah, I'm a marketing geek. We are. We are a marketing geek. And I am uh, currently, we're on opposite sides of the world, aren't we, right now? I know. Yeah. I'm over in Camarillo, California, and you are... I am in the Netherlands in Helmond, which literally translates to hell. the mouth of hell. <laughs> oh, it yeah. does. Wow. But, okay. Uh, it does. It does. But you know what? Uh, it's great over here. The Netherlands is awesome. Yeah. 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 Look, I mean, looks amazing. I, I'm excited to get out there. One of these days, I will finally oh. get out there to visit and it, it'll we're become gonna, a reality. Gonna, yeah. We're going to crush it, man. We're going to yeah. crush it. So, uh, righteous brother. Well, uh, here we are, the marketing geeks, and uh, what a geek week it's been. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, we're one uh, one day know, removed from Father's Day, and um, we are. I didn't want to talk about and, that. And your, for new, a your new dad. What is it? How's it like to be a dad? It's it's interesting. You know, it's it's. Uh, I, I did it actually. <laughs> what's funny is I, I I did a I went on the radio um with that real estate radio show that I've, I've done a few times right. I went on there last weekend. We talked about father's day and I'm like, you know what it is? It's disruptive. It's uh, yeah. you have, your life <laughs> is going, disruptive. your life's going one way and you have your, your little patterns and your schedule. And, and then now, now things are quite a bit different now, you know, now every three hours right. in the middle of the night, I'm getting woken up time to uh, change a diaper, time to help feed, um, it, well, that's cool that you're doing that, man. A lot of, you know what? There's a lot of men who will not touch a diaper. That's true. So I, I am, good on you. I'm changing the diapers and I've, uh, I've been peed on twice now. So twice the peas come through the diaper onto me and then, by the baby or just, uh, Oh, not by the baby. No, that's just, just random. Oh, oh, okay. That's uh, okay. <laughs> Strangers <laughs> coming up to you. And peeing on you. 
Usually you got to pay extra for that, but you know, right. Yeah. So, 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 uh, yeah. And, and, uh, and I'll tell you that the other thing that trips me out about being a dad is the time that just passes. Like, honestly, I'm not kidding, man. You are going to blink and all of a sudden you'll be like, shit, this kid is five years old. What well, the hell? Today, today is his four week. He's four weeks old today. And I mean, yeah. that's already happened pretty fast. So, uh, yeah. You know, we're, we'll be at a month on uh, this coming Thursday. He'll be a month and then, you know, I'll blink and then he'll be one. He'll be speaking and then I'll be in college and then, you know, and then. And then he's just going to be like, fuck you, dad. Yeah. I'm going to you and your dumbass marketing show. I'm going to go off and surf. <laughs> yeah. I, I, even when I'm talking, I'm talking to the baby now and I'm like, one day I'm going to be, you're going to be talking about me in therapy sessions, telling me how bad you fucked up my life. <laughs> That's okay. I, you know what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to uh, make sure that I do ayahuasca with my son as soon as he's ready. <laughs> I'm going to wait until he's, like, he's asking the right questions and then, fuck yeah, we're going to go do ayahuasca. You know, we, I live in a country where uh, you can do mushrooms and smoke weed and go to a prostitute. And as soon as he's seven years old, we're going to do all three of those for his birthday. Wow. And apparently this show is rated. Is this PG-13 or is this R? I guess this is an R. I don't know, man. Show. You know what? I'm, I think that we need to just speak freely, and uh, I, I don't, I don't intend. This show is not going to be designed for little kids. You know why? Little kids are not marketing. They're not marketing people. It's very, very true. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I think, I think entrepreneurs are getting so, younger, but from a general standpoint, you really have to be a certain age, and you have to appreciate the adult language and things like that. If you're going to market, I mean, that's just the reality. That's how business works. I mean, have you seen The Wolf of Wall Street? Uh, you, you're not going to believe this, but I, I love Martin Scorsese. I have not seen the Wolf oh, of Wall wow. Street. You need to go, you need to go revisit that film. I know. I know. Like right after this, right after this, but you know what, you know what? I, I, I take my cue from, uh, uh, from George Carlin who said there are no bad words. There's bad intentions, but there are no bad words. You know, there's bad, there's bad, you know, you could, you could say something with bad intention. Like my wife, she does that all the time. <laughs> uh, I go, I go, uh, yeah, honey, I've been working hard. And she goes, oh, really? You know, I mean, she's just saying, oh, but you know what she means. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Bad, <laughs> bad intentions. <laughs> bad intentions. So, <laughs> oh, really? So, so uh, tell me, man, uh, what have you been up to in, in – I want to know, first of all, what's the geekiest thing that you're into right now? What is, what is, your, what is your geek pleasure mm-hmm these days a good good question i i think what's uh I, I guess right now it's copywriting because i am i think i've told you a little bit about this but i I'm, I'm now a featured professional on fiverr so i'm actually a fiverr pro designated i'm designated a pro on fiverr and so um okay rewind that a second rewind that a second because a lot of people do not know what that means i want to okay. know what that well, first means. of all let's let's define what fiverr is so fiverr which is spelled f-i-v-e-r-r two r's is a website for freelancers or for people or for business owners that want to buy um basic services where they can they can go online and they can they can find like people that will create logos people that will do videos things like that um starting at five dollars now they Fiverr has since branched off and they've created what's called a pro division. And the pro division is a more is is the is the um vetted professionals. So I've been vetted apparently that are that can charge uh much more for their services. So the lowest I can charge as a Fiverr Pro is a hundred dollars per gig. And the most is I can charge unlimited. So um I, I have to so any gig that I offer, I start at a hundred dollars. And so I've started 
doing a, a lot of copywriting gigs, meaning that I'm writing sales material for email marketing campaigns. So I have a lot of different business owners um, coming from tons of different industries. I've, I've already worked with like a company that does like a beer of the month. I've worked with real estate companies. I've worked with HVAC companies. I'm working with... Uh, a ton of different, a uh, ton of different ones. I have a, a company right now that's doing like hangover pills. Wow! You, so you, I'm writing you get the the beer company and the hangover pill company together. Yeah, get them together. Do like right? a, yeah. like a so, package uh, deal, and maybe you could just work for beer and hangover cures. But but the point is, so <laughs> since I <laughs> since I've started this, I've been uh, you know I, I've been going out and buying additional, you know, I've already known a lot about copywriting. I've done a lot of studying. I've, you know, I've been, I've been through a lot of courses on it, but at this point I've gone out and bought like David Ogilvie books. So I've gone, I went on Amazon and I bought like four different, like the old school David Ogilvie, Ogilvie books. And David Ogilvie is like the godfather of marketing from the, from the 1950s Mad Men era. And I'm and give us kind some of titles. reading through what are, those. What are some titles of, of some of those books? Just so, so we got uh, "Confessions of an Advertising Man" mm-hmm. by David Ogilvie. Uh, scientific advertising. Actually, I think that one is. Um, I think that one might be Claude Hopkins. Um, and then there's, I think it's Ogilvie on marketing. It, it's something, something like that. I don't have the titles in front of me, but they're. Um, worth a read. They're they're all, they're good. They're all worth worth a read. And if you're serious about copywriting, these are the. Uh, he is the the guy that kind of created all the psychological techniques um, along with who, who's the guy that you did the who's the guy you were talking about that's Freud's uh, brother or Freud's cousin? Oh yeah, um, uh, oh uh, it starts with an M. Maze blanking on his name. Jeez, oh, Louise, how could I? Okay, hold on a second. Thank you, Internet. Uh, oh, Bernays. Bernays, 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 right, right, Edwin yeah. Bernays. That's the guy. Yeah, so the, I think I think. Ogilvie probably studied him a lot yeah. and kind of took his stuff to the next level. Yeah. Edwin Bernays, but, but for those of you who don't know, was uh, yeah Freud's cousin who basically took a lot of Freud's uh, uh, methodologies and turned it into modern day focus groups. And, uh, and, and basically it was like the dark side of the force where, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Freud wanted to help people and get people mentally well. And he wanted to basically, take that same ability and sell people shit. So the other, the other books that I've been reading too are like the ones by Robert Cialdini, like uh, influence and persuasion. Hmm. And those are interesting too, but they, they all get into the same psychological triggers and, and people for generations. Now this, this doesn't change. So the, you know, marketing um, concepts and things might change, but the, the underlying strategies are always going to be the, be the same. And, and people are just triggered by things like scarcity, for instance. Right. So if I were to tell, if I were to tell someone I'm selling them a product, that's one thing. But if I say, now this product is available for a limited time, and we all remember those infomercials from the 1990s with, well, I, I was a kid in the 90s, and they'd have like, they'd have an infomercial and it's like, act now, but if you if you uh, buy within the next 15 minutes, you don't only get this, but you also get this bonus. Right. And so that that call within the next 15 minutes thing, that's that's fake scarcity because they, they're not, you know, back then they weren't tracking whether you called in the next 15 minutes of some commercial that they randomly aired at a time that they don't even know when it aired. Right. So, uh, so things like that, those are psychological triggers to create urgency. Um, and it's and usually more often than not, it's fake. Sometimes it's real. 
but more often than not, it's fake scarcity and, and they're like time triggers or they're, or they're unit triggers. Like we only have three of these available, so act fast or, you know, or they're only going to the next 10 and we've already sold seven of them, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning all these different psychological copywriting maneuvers. So how to manipulate people, and which is really all that marketing is, isn't it? It's just, it's just a methodology to uh, to manipulate people on some. But manipulation with a positive intent is called influence. Manipulation with a negative intent is called manipulation. Ah. <laughs> according to me, <laughs> according to you. So says you. Um, well, that's uh, that's really interesting. So definitely worth uh, checking out. So you now you're a Fiverr Pro, and that's so that that's your geek thing that you're that you're looking well, cop- at. Copywriting, copywriting is my geek thing. So study. I'm, I'm really getting into learning the ins and outs of copy, and uh, and this is copy is great for everything. I mean, we're talking. That's what goes on oh, websites. Yeah. That's what goes on emails. That's what goes on the text SEO. Everything. Everything. Yeah. yeah everything yeah. is copy. Everything is copy. And then the social proof. So uh, one of the biggest indicators, this is another geek thing, is uh, when they they did a test in in the book Influence, they did a test on what was like the number one indicator of whether somebody bought something or not. And the number Uh one indicator was actually telling them that their neighbors had bought the same product was the number one indicator of somebody else buying. So it's, it's the, uh, and that's all, I mean, that's social proof or uh, getting in with like the herd mentality, but like herd mentality is, is bigger than scarcity and bigger than anything else. So if you want to sell something, tell them that their neighbors buying it, keep up with the Joneses. That's how you do it. I see. I see. So that's, uh, that's good to know. And you know, we, we all know that because, uh, social proof is, as we know, one of the, uh, best ways to manipulate marketing. And that's, that's why, you know, obviously Facebook has done so well as a advertising platform, because when you see that your friends are liking something, then, uh, you know, People tend to buy it. You get that dopamine spike. Get that dopamine spike. <laughs> I'm, a, you know, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not on Facebook as much as I used to be. I had a, I, I, I didn't disconnect my Facebook, but I, I'm, I'm in the middle of a Facebook protest right now. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah. I am not really on the platform and all Facebook related apps. I've pretty much removed from my phone except WhatsApp. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's. Um, uh, I, I'm a little, I'm a little dissatisfied with, uh, with Facebook right now. Yeah. The the problem is Facebook is so damn powerful and they control everything and they, you know, they own WhatsApp and they own Instagram and they own Oculus Rift, the VR company, and they, they're acquiring and they're acquiring. And you, I mean, at the, at the top of everything, you have like what Google, Facebook, and Amazon yep. are like the then, kings of the world right well, now. Well, I mean, that's after Vladimir Putin, obviously. And James, and James Cameron. James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, well, my, my geek, uh, passion is just, I just discovered this is this very platform I'm recording this on. This is a, a platform I'm using called Zencaster. Zencaster, uh, is, uh, it's pretty interesting. What it does is it, is it records your, you and your guest on separate audio channels. Like, like basically it saves the direct MP3 locally and then kind of marries them together. Uh, so you don't have uh, feedback and the, the sound back and forth uh, is really uh, good. Well, we'll see. We'll see what the final, you know, please let us know what you yeah, think. It, it seems pretty awesome so far. I mean, this is my first experience with it. And uh, we need an affiliate link so that we can sell it to all our listeners. That's right. I'll we'll have to look into that. 
yeah. and uh, and the other thing that I'm really into uh, geek wise is I've I've finished uh, the whole entire learning tree for Dutch in Babel or no in uh, Duolingo. Now I'm using Babel. Babel is a a new app that I'm using for language learning. Nice. I really like it. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, how's know. it, how's it coming? Like how, how fluent are you? How, how well do you keep up with conversations? Uh, now? it can prate in, um, Netherlands, uh, good. Uh, it can prate in with, uh, mensen, uh, in Beche, in the winkle, uh, my, my, uh, my, uh, workmen's in Platin too snell. So it can, uh, so, so what did what did you just say? Did you what just I said was I'm I'm learning I'm learning Dutch. I can understand it pretty well, but if my the people I work with talk too fast, I don't understand any of it. Yeah, so, that's like um, when I was trying to learn Spanish. Um, you know, I, I did I did five years of Spanish. I did uh, I didn't get held back or anything. I actually started in eighth grade. Um, but the the biggest challenge it's like reading. It's one thing, but then listening to people that are fluent in the language are so fast, so fast. Yeah, it's it takes a long time and, to decipher and, words. Yeah. And, you know, there's other things, too, like just cultural references. You know, like in America, we'll throw out a cultural reference about something or throw out a line of a movie. And, you know, so they'll they'll make jokes about, like, some famous soccer player <laughs> that had a big game 10 years ago. And I'll, I, I, I don't know what that – or, like, they'll reference an old commercial yeah. or something. I don't know what they're talking about. You know, but but overall, it's a, it's a fairly easy language to learn um, for the most part. But I – Every time I feel like I'm getting a little bit ahead, it, it, uh, you know, I, I fall back a little bit, but I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, I practice every day on the train. And so, um, I do Duolingo and I'm doing, uh, this, uh, I, I think for me, Bible like if, if there was a, a, a person that English is their second language trying to communicate with me, like I tend to be really sarcastic and I must be like a nightmare to understand. <laughs> they probably think I'm like this terrible, terrible person because I use so much sarcasm. I just think you're a terrible person, whether or not you use sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, exactly. so, uh, so I've been, uh, uh, I, I, I've been getting into, you know what? I, I hate to admit this, but I haven't watched any Westworld this season. I'm waiting till I can. Oh my God. Is it good? There, um, there, you know, I just finished episode nine last night and the season finale is this coming. Yeah. Sunday. So that's why I'm going to, I'm so probably we're... just going to sit and binge watch it, uh, at some point. But, uh, have you seen, uh, have you got a chance to see the handmaid's tale? No, I have yeah. not. I've seen only, I, I, I want to see it. Um, I sat down and watched the first episode and then I just got distracted uh, and didn't come back to it. It was good though. It's great. It's great. Uh, it's definitely your paranoid liberal fantasy come true. And, uh, you know, but it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really well written and I, I really dig the show um, really well. And then I, I did go back and watch uh, the girl on that show. She's on Mad Men. So oh, yeah. I went back and watched the entire Mad Men series, which is uh, kind of loosely based on David Ogilvie, the guy I was talking about earlier. Yeah. That's a good show, though. Yeah, it is yeah. a good show. It is a good show. And she's she, uh, yeah. Um, uh, what's her name? Moss. Uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss. Moss. Yeah. yeah, good. You Scientologist. Not that I is she, uh, is she a Scientologist? She, yeah, good for her. Good, good for, for her. You know why she's yeah, a good, good Scientologist? Because you don't know she's a Scientologist. That's why she's a good Scientologist. Yeah, that's that's actually that's that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. She doesn't she doesn't th shove it down your throat like she's, uh, well, not <laughs> she's not mine, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and and so uh, yeah, that, it's a, it's a definitely a good show. 
Uh, now, here's an interesting little thing about being a father, which you're going to uh, really appreciate, not, is that you're going to get to see every single kid's movie that comes out. I you're going to can't wait. I saw I saw the most wretched kids film the other day. It was it was it was not only was it the worst kids film I ever saw, it was probably one of the worst movies I ever saw. What is it? Is it new? It, it was it was called Sherlock Gnomes. And Oh, I think I've heard of it. I think I, I think I've heard of it. To another movie which I never saw called Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> but it, it, and the movie the movie was produced by um uh of all people uh Harvey um, Weinstein. No, it was not. <laughs> kids' movie produced by Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> no, it was Elton John produced the movie. Okay, did he and, do the music? Uh, he did. He uh, he. Well, he, there was Elton John music in there, but it was kind of like these instrumentals that sounded like something you would hear on like like kind of an easy listening station. That it just was like these. Anyway, it was just the, a bad karaoke version. Anyway, the music was. Any, it was just any celebrities, was, any celebrities doing the voices or are we talking like, well, that's the so here I am in the Netherlands. So the, so the, the actual movie has like Johnny Depp and El, uh, Emily Blunt and a few other, you know, celebrity voices here. It was dubbed. So not only did I see this horrible, horrible kids movie, <laughs> I only understood about a quarter of what was going on in the dialogue. But I mean, I could pick up more than that, but it was, it was just, it was an awful movie. So your son, Stay your son her. now has been there. You've been there almost a year now. So how, how fluent yeah. is he now? And I'm sure he's a, he's like ahead of you, I would imagine. Well, actually he doesn't speak it, but he understands it. Like when I took him to the movie, I, I asked him if he understood everything in that film and he said, yes. And so I think he understands a lot more than he speaks, but um, I'm a proud papa because I, I just started teaching him how to read and he's actually getting it. So he's, he's learning how to read and, uh, uh, and yeah, that's, that's a lot of fun. So teaching him how to read and spell and yeah. stuff at three, uh, he's a smart kid. He's, he's, it's, it's a big advantage to learn a language that young though. I mean, oh, like yeah. he's, he'll, yeah. he'll be much more fluent than you'll ever be in your entire exactly. life. You could, you could spend 20 years and in the next couple of years he could pass you up. <laughs> well, that's, that's one of the things that I really love about living in a foreign country. One of my decisions to move here was the fact that, uh, you know, he's going to start going to school in a few months and he's going to be just in with the Dutch kids. So yeah, his his Dutch is going to be really good, but they don't start teaching English to kids here until they're about six or seven. That's when they start teaching English to the kids. So he's going to be fluent in English and fluent in Dutch. So they'll probably start him when he's around seven or eight in like French. So by the time he's yeah. like nine or ten, he's going to have like three four languages down, fluent, you know. And because uh, we're and then he can work for the CIA or, or something like that or whatever, you know. Well, I am, I am or whatever. I mean, you're not even in the U.S., so whatever foreign intelligence agencies they have in the Netherlands, he can work for them. I am teaching him how to kill, <laughs> though, like silently. But that's important. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. He's, you know, yeah. he's someday he'll be ready. But um, uh, speaking of which, uh, the uh, learning how to kill the Americans. You haven't seen the Americans yet. Great. No, I have not. Oh my God, it's. That is the show. They just had the season finale, which I'm just about to watch. But uh, that's that's one of those shows that is epic, epic show. So uh, I've heard good things. I want to I want to check it out. I haven't been I haven't gotten to that. I mean, I, I I keep busy enough, you know, like I got a lot of I got a lot of work to do. And then, you know, watching Westworld and um, I guess the main shows I watch are like Westworld and Better Call Saul and Silicon Valley. And Black Mirror. Those are like my big four. Black Mirror. Black Mirror is so Black good. Mirror. I, I I haven't seen 
this is this is I because I, you know they only come out with six episodes a year, and yeah. uh, so I've only seen the first three I think of this. I really season. I really like the Star Trek. Um, oh my god, that was so simulation good. one was so good. <laughs> Not everybody likes it too. It's got it's got mixed reviews, but I think you have to have like a little bit of a dark sense of humor. But it's um, and I definitely have that, so, so I loved it. <laughs> episode one of season three of Black Mirror is is so good. It I I, I want them to make a series out of it. Which one is that? That's the that's the one the the SSS. That's like season, uh, I think it's season season four, four. season yeah, four season episode four. one. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. Speaking of spaceship things, uh, guess what movie I have not seen? Han Solo. I have seen or Solo. Solo, Solo, a Star Wars story. I, I went and saw it by myself. Um, you went, I got you, the baby. Because it was Solo. I was Solo. I was Solo at Solo. And I can I give a, like one spoiler that really won't spoil much of the movie? I have, yeah, to, I have to show this one. Um, they for, for some reason, they decided that they wanted to give Han Solo's name a backstory in this movie. And so when he's like, he's getting on a ship at one point and they're like, what's your name, son? And he's like, oh, by myself or something. And the guy's like, okay, oh, you're solo. So we'll call you solo. Oh, that's so so his name lame. Was, it's so lame. It's so but lame. His name, was, so, his name was Irving, right? So so they had Han. Han was his name, but he didn't have a last name until the airport attendant gave him the last name Solo. You know, <laughs> you know something, I, I, I hate to say it, but I kind of sensed this thing was going to be a stinker about a mile away. And and I I also hate to say it in in the same way that Disney saved the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like really making Excellent, excellent. I love all the Marvel films. They're really – none of them have been – Yeah, they've done really great. Bad. They have destroyed Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. like, they are – they have absolutely – Can I Can I, can I? give you my beef, my biggest beef with Star Wars? Like my yeah, absolute – like like this This is – this is this makes me like viscerally angry. I want to punch someone in the eye. <laughs> I, I want to punch J.J. Abrams in the eye for this. Okay. After all these years, you finally have the ability to bring – you know, Han Solo, Luke and Leia, Chewbacca, R2-D2, C-3PO, you're able to put them in the same room together. Finally. Yeah. Finally. Finally. Why would you waste it by killing off Han Solo so they could never have an adventure again? Not only that, but they never, they never even share the screen together. Like in these movies, Han Solo never meet, never sees Luke Skywalker. They never have a a scene together. I mean, Han Solo and Leia do, but... Uh, I yeah, mean, and yeah, they didn't even it, bring it, them all it, together. Look, crazy. you want to bring in new characters? That's fine. You want to have like a whole new like this is the new generation. Have how like if you, if you want to even have Han Solo die, let him die. But let him die when his friends are there. And there's like okay, that's number one. Like that to me is is unforgive. It's unforgivable. It's it is unforgivable. It's stupid. And it, it, it's, I mean, it's total about talking about missed opportunities. And I mean, yeah, they it was like it was. It was the worst thing ever. And then, and then number two, uh, the fact that first of all, you have Han Solo, who is uh, his son, basically pulls a Columbine, right? Yeah. If, if if my son did that, I would become a broken man, right? And and if if the movie was exactly the same, except for one difference, and that was instead of finding Han Solo, and you have this crazy side quest where the monsters are running around in his new ship, and then he sees his Millennium Vulcan and all that stuff. Instead of that, like let her just go to the bar, like when they went to to that to that bar and saw um, that that little 
Oh, the little Yoda looking yeah. girl. Yeah. So, so, so have her go there, but that's where she finds Han Solo and he's a drunk. He's messed up. And when he sees Leia, they have to have a conversation about what happened because it was devastating. Their son destroyed the Jedi temple and killed all these people. Yeah. And, and they show up and they're just like, Hey Leia, how's it going? It was, it was, it was, it was terrible on top on top of all this my my other gripe because these are all very valid points but my other gripe is that they wrote these movies movie to movie and not they didn't write they should have written there's no arc so i mean they it was like they had no idea what they were doing they're just like we're gonna do this and then and then we'll we'll just pass the ball to, to a different screenwriter. I mean, they gave yeah. yeah they gave Ryan Johnson so J.J. Abrams wrote the first script with a whole committee. I think he had a whole committee writing that one, which is why it's so similar right. to you know Episode Four, the the uh, A New Hope. But it's um yeah, but then they pass it to Ryan Johnson, and he's like, you have full creative freedom. And this is a guy that obviously is probably not wasn't a Star Wars fan coming in. I'm sure he, you know, watched things and he kind of created his own opinions. Um, but yeah, he just totally butchered everything that was set up was like ignored and tossed out in the in the Force Awakens. So all the setups were were killed. There were no payoffs. The payoffs were like anti-payoffs. So instead of getting yeah. instead of getting a payoff, it was like, no, fuck you. <laughs> We're just going to ignore that and throw that out. <laughs> I That's mean, your payoff. Look, on, on the plus side, I, I, I do give it credit for, for being completely unexpected. I mean, the whole movie is about failure, but it's also about the failure of a franchise. <laughs> and I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I hate to say it, but I'm a little over it. And I, I think that, I think that it was a real warning. So I think that there was this thought that if we just put something that says star Wars and it could be two hours of George Lucas taking a dump on R2D2's <laughs> head, people will pay to see it. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I think that, I think that they're, they, they've, come to their sense. Hopefully they've come to their senses and realized that's probably why they brought JJ Abrams back in to save it. Because I, I have a feeling this, if, 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 if this last episode doesn't knock it out of the park, uh, I'm in trouble. I'm kind of done. I mean, solo, solo is going to lose like hundreds of millions of dollars, at least a hundred million. Good. Good. It's, it's, it's what they know. What's known in the business is a horrors movie. And the other problem, do a prequel. The other problem with that one was that they, they filmed like 90% of it. And then they um, decided that because they had the guys that did the Lego movie that did it. So the guys that did the Lego right. movie came in there and created like a comedy. They made Han Solo into a comedy film. And then the producers apparently didn't pay attention until like 90% of the movie was done. And they're like, oh, um, that's great. So basically, no, this is crap. Basically, it's like the Star Wars franchise is being run like the Trump administration. <laughs> Just throw anything out there. People will pay attention no matter what it is. <laughs> Just sheer chaos. <laughs> Dogs and cats living together, <laughs> whatever. You know. Yeah, it's, but, uh, uh, it's it's weird. And then, so then they spent like an extra hundred million on reshoots, and that that hundred million is probably where they're gonna. That's really where they're gonna lose is all that extra money they spent on reshooting the film. <laughs> ridiculous, ridiculous. I'm over it. I'm I'm over the fringe. I mean, look, I, I'll probably go see Solo at some point, but. I'm probably more going to I'll definitely see I'll definitely see episode nine. Um, I might I'm kind of over the spinoff films. I didn't neither one really knocked it out of the park. Uh, I'll definitely see episode nine and see what happens. I'll I'll see it. But if they if that one messes up, then that's 
I think that's well, the you know, there, there's there's nine it. films in productions right now, plus an entire series from the Game of Thrones uh, people. So Rain Johnson's doing his own trilogies. I guess he's going to take uh, it's going to take place probably in the Old Republic. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, and then there's like a TV show from the Game of Thrones guys, and then there's like there's a uh, a Yoda film and a anyway. I don't know. It's so we don't need that much Star Wars. We really don't. It was doing fine when there was only a few movies and. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like we don't need that much Star Wars. We don't. We, it's it's obvious. It's kind of it's kind of a limited universe. So there's um, the way that they've built the other films. They've kind of created this kind of limited universe. That, <laughs> well, there's only so far you can. I don't you know. Kind of take did, it. I guess did, you. All, yeah. Did you hear in an interview recently what uh, George Lucas's idea for for the next trilogy was going to be? No, I, ne- I never did. He was going to deal. It was all about the metachlorians, the microscopic organisms inside of the blood that make somebody have the force. I, yeah. I, 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 I have no words. I have no words. I just, <laughs> I don't know. It's just a, they're all tales told by an idiot filled with sound and fury, but signifying nothing, you know, it's, yeah, I'm just, I, I'm just going to have to rewatch. Uh, that's why that's, you know what? That's why I'm not watching uh, uh, Westworld right now because I really I need to just like watch some really good sci-fi. And uh, um, a lot of the sci-fi out there is is just not very good. It doesn't. It's not. It's not compelling. Although, uh, of course, my favorite sci-fi of all time right now is Rick and Morty. Which oh, it's so good. When is that so out? good? When is they? When are they coming back? Like probably in six uh, more months or so. Well, you know, Dan Harmon. Uh, they just it, renewed it for. Been, I think they just renewed it for multiple seasons, though. When they finally do start seventy-two episodes. Yeah, so they, that's they, good. they renewed it for seventy-two episodes, which is what we have a lot of Rick and Morty. So probably by the time my son is a teenager, <laughs> it, I'll get through all those because <laughs> the production time is so long on those because he's so meticulous about the script writing. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, not come, like South how, Park where they crank it out in a week and they just let it, let it go. <laughs> there was there, there was this one great line in uh, uh, last season of, of Rick and Morty where uh, uh, Rick says something like, you know, how the hell do they get out an episode a week? And uh, <laughs> and uh, Morty says, I don't know, maybe they're just really fast. Or Rick says, well, maybe we're just really slow. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't yeah. know. They're just really slow. But uh, yeah, Rick and Morty is definitely great show. Though. Uh, it's it's a great show. I have no desire to see Jurassic Park. That just looks yeah, like a neither, neither do I. Uh, I didn't I mean, I, I kind of liked Jurassic World. I didn't hate it. I mean, I didn't, I didn't like, see it. love it. I didn't see it. It was it was OK. It was uh, yeah. It's a, like, you know, if I have if I have two hours to spend. Uh, I'd rather, I don't know. Do something not, else? Uh, <laughs> Go for a walk? No, I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, what's, what's really tempting me right now. I saw some gameplay for this game, Witcher three, and I'm, I, I, I see for me, video games is something that you really need to keep away from me because yeah. you'll, you'll get the equivalent of, it's the equivalent of giving a crack addict, a crack pipe and a big sack of crack and just saying, can you hold on to these? While I go to the store, I'll be right back. Uh, and then the friend doesn't come back for like a week. That, that's basically, that's basically well, video games I, to me. I, want, I, mean, I keep wanting, like, I, I keep reading about all these virtual reality platforms. I'm like, oh, this sounds awesome. I want to see like when they're going to really lock in virtual reality. But all the games that I've seen that have been demoed on virtual reality, the graphics are terrible. They don't look very fun. I mean, I don't know. I haven't really tried it yet, but like, 
I don't know. VR still seems like it's like 10 to 20 years away from being like a really solid platform at this point. Yeah. You know, you know, the only, the only thing that's going to really launch VR, I I'll be sold on <laughs> VR when I can get a blowjob from princess Leia in her metal bikini on the millennium Falcon. And, and I think it's it real. feels like I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Chewbacca's looking at me, giving me like a dirty look. Uh, like I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are right now. I'm sure. But if, yeah. But 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 when that moment happens, I'll be like, okay, I'm in the future. This is this is the technology. We have made it. We have made it. This is hey, this is what the scientists were trying to do all along. That's right. When 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 I can when I can truly experience Japanese tentacle porn the way it's meant to be experienced, I have reached the the pinnacle yeah. of full. Now, now we're in the future. Experience. This is this is true sci-fi come to reality. That is right, because because you you all know damn well, like all you listeners, like there's a part of it that some of you are like, ooh, that's so disgusting. I can't believe you just said that. But you know, if you could really experience tentacle porn, you know, you all would. You know it <laughs> just to see what that's about. Like, I mean, because look, there there's a segment of this population on this planet that really is into that. So you know, it's got like. There's got to be something to it, right? I mean, I, I'm like, right? Maybe. I, yeah, I, I'm not even that familiar with it, but um, I, I can kind of get it from what the you, title. What's the title? Tentacle yeah, porn. I think it's clear. That's I think it. it's clear. It's clear. Yeah. What else do you need? There's a lot of there's a lot of little niche. These are Man. we're talking about marketing, so you know these are niche markets. These yeah. are niche markets. That's a very niche. Topic. You know the. <laughs> The conversation I, I have with my wife sometimes is, is uh, you know, I try to see where the limits are. So I go, okay, so maybe what would what would happen if I had a sex robot in the house? And she was like, oh, you know, I, I, I think I could live with that. And it's like, okay, but what if the sex robot had like AI attached to it? And so it was like responsive to me. Is that cheating? Well, no, because it's still a robot. Okay, what if someone else was controlling the robot? They're not here, but they're like on another part of the world. And, and eventually she <laughs> just looks at me. Just... just <laughs> She doesn't even answer or shake her head. Just where the boundaries are. Just finding the boundaries, right? Yeah. I just want to know exactly what is considered cheating and what is considered me just like, I got, you know what? I I think that really looking back at this conversation as it's coming back over my mouth, through my mouth, as I'm hearing it, I'm realizing it's, I probably need therapy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You want to talk about that right now? Why don't we, why don't we do that on the air here? So what do you tell me? Tell me more about that. It all started. Uh, when I was inappropriately touched by my Hoover vacuum cleaner. Wow. And uh, yeah, that, that must was, have been pretty hard on you, huh? Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, what's interesting is like this show is quickly covering pop. We're, we're, we're like, we're, you know, we're, we're covering culture. We're covering all these different things. We're not talking that much about marketing, but that's okay because I actually, I, I love, you know, pop culture, movies, all this wonderful stuff. But that's why we're the marketing geeks. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you. We're the um, marketing ADD, marketing ADD geeks. That might be the better, the better title. Right. Right. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I was just reading one thing that is uh, very interesting because you and I, of course, our favorite platform uh, for social media is, of course, LinkedIn. Yes. We yes. created the LinkedIn mastery course to help people with that. Um, and I just found out that LinkedIn is rolling out a new sponsored content carousel ads. Ooh. That include, yeah, includes uh, up to 10 customized swipeable cards. So, 
you know, there's, they're trying to crack the advertising nut, and I, I don't think it's really going to happen. For Not LinkedIn. the way it did for Facebook. It uh, won't. They don't have the audience. I mean, they, no. they're always going to be a business-centric network, and they might expand a little bit. But, I mean, you know, Facebook, you're going to find everybody. LinkedIn, you're never going to get that big of a population. So, you're, you're, I mean, I think people love Facebook because, like, pretty much everybody on the planet, I mean, a good chunk of them anyway, especially yeah. before this last controversy – had a Facebook account and they were, you know, and they could get their ads in front of them. Um, but LinkedIn will never have you know, that wide of a reach. But LinkedIn is great. Well, but it does have a, a reach got, for a Well, it's got a niche. I mean, instance, I mean it's, you, you, got, you have more business yeah. professionals and uh, some some people, the older demographic that will will probably never click on a Facebook ad, but they might click on a LinkedIn ad. So that you got a different, you got a different reach. Yeah. I mean, there's different that, advantages. Yeah. That's true. And I, I, I would never waste money, but, uh, you know, and like, why would I advertise on LinkedIn when I could reach out to the decision makers directly? That's the problem with it. Uh, plus, it's a, a bit more expensive than, uh, than, yeah, than everything. It's more, I mean, it's all, it's, yeah. it's cost per click and it's more, it's more expensive than Google even. So it's, uh, yeah, I'd, you know, and I like what you said. I mean, you could just invest in Sales Navigator instead, um, target, very specifically target the decision makers and then just run a campaign directly to a bunch of decision makers uh, manually instead exactly. of just running here's an a, ad. Here's a perfect yeah. example. So so right now I have a job working for a uh, small software company here in the Netherlands that deals with uh, software for municipalities to help with their parking enforcement. So the way that it works is that you'll have a car, looks like a Google car with cameras on it, and it drives around neighborhoods and it scans license plates and that data is uh, sorted through through the software that my company makes. And so right now we're trying to bust into the UK market. And so what I'm able to do is I'm able to use uh, the LinkedIn search features to find out who is the decision makers in those municipalities and target those people and then uh, contact them directly. Now, the only problem with that is that a lot of decision makers in municipalities tend to be slightly older and they don't understand the value of LinkedIn. So a lot of the people that I need to get in contact with are not on LinkedIn. Um, and they may be on Facebook, but I don't want to advertise that particular type of software because it's very niche to people on Facebook because, you know, there's there's no point on doing that. Um, so, you know, the question then is, and this is a question maybe you might know the answer to, how does one advertise to a group of people who are niche and maybe older, so they're not quite embracing social media platforms like LinkedIn. How do you get to those? Well, people? you got to find out where they hang out. So, I mean, it's that's all that's all ah. research. So, maybe you get off your ass and you go door to door to wherever they they work or they hang. You know, or you find out you find out where they are. And generally, there's going to be something. So, it, it could be going back to old school marketing techniques, these people might be listening to the radio still, like terrestrial radio, which still exists. So they might be advertising on the radio. It might be advertising on television. I mean, um, the, you know, there's, a, there's a segment of the market that will never be on Facebook or LinkedIn or uh, or Instagram or any of those platforms that you have to look at. So where right. are they? So it's just going back to old school marketing techniques. It's just like, okay, we know who my target market is. Now let's let's analyze what's their behavior. So where are they spending their time? And then right. it's advertising wherever they're spending their time. Maybe they're reading the newspaper. So it's like, okay, newspaper ads still work for a very small segment of the population. Yellow Pages ads still can work 
but for a very, very, very niche market. And it's an older market that still opens the books and looks at them, but it's a very, you know, but I, I would never, it, that's not who I'm targeting. But if I'm targeting, you know, right. 72 year right. old men that, um, that still like to look at the yellow pages, <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, then I guess, I guess that I, exists. I mean, there, there are people yeah. that still, that still use them. It's just a very small amount. So it's, it's nothing compared to what it once yeah. was. So it, it's really just finding out where they where they are, and then how what's the best way to reach them, and then then looking at cost effectiveness too, because you know running television and radio ads can yeah. be expensive. So it's like, okay, what's the what's the best way, most cost most cost effective way that I can actually get my message in front of these people? And and for me, you know, the answer is actually um, befriending these associations. Like, there's the British Parking Association. Yeah. We're trying to break into the UK market. So that's like just live, so, network, live networking. I mean, live networking, and then you run events. You do like a presentation on something that is going to be interesting to them. And so you run an event. You position yourself as a thought leader within that industry. And uh, you know, if you you have to have a really dynamite presentation. And you know, the the advantage that I, I think you and I have is that there's a lot of bad presenters out there. If you, yeah. if you're not a dynamic speaker. Uh, so, you know, if you're, if you're interested in marketing, if you're interested in like marketing your business, find the association that, you know, where, where people are members of and do a presentation in front of it and do something that knocks their socks off. Like really, you know, do some, t- take some toast mastering classes and <laughs> toast public mastering. classes, toast mastering, toast mastering. I like that. <laughs> I'm a master of toast. <laughs> got your Nutella, got your peanut butter. I, I never burn a piece. I never burn a piece. Because <laughs> you know why you are a toast master. <laughs> uh, I mean, but it's true. So, it's true. And it's funny. Like if you're going for an older demographic, it's funny. Cause like I've been to networking groups here, you know, where I live in Westlake and there's some of those groups are just filled with retired former business owners that really are there mostly to to hang out but they still have money and they still do uh they do business with people so yeah you find out where they are and they might be members of associations or like rotary clubs or you know or chambers of commerce and and yeah and if you position yourself as the thought leader so if you either if you either create like a meetup group or something where you're um, attracting those people or you just go in there and you give a presentation uh, then you have authority. And when you have authority, people buy from you. It's like what I, I mean, being on Fiverr pro, um, you know, I have authority because I've been vetted as a pro on Fiverr and I have people reaching out to me and, you know, uh, marketing, marketing is all about starting conversations. So not, not many, nobody really buys anything from rarely do people buy like just clicking through websites. Usually they want to have at least one interaction. That might be a chat. It might just be a chat interaction, but they want to have some sort of interaction with somebody before they buy. And that's either like going to be chat or it's going to be a phone call or it's going to be a webinar. Um, but if you can, if you can create these interactions, then yeah, you can grow your business massively. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really about relationship building more than anything else. Yeah. People want to, you know, they want to feel good about who they're doing business. But the, with but the perception and, uh, of authority I mean, is huge. I mean, oh, that's, yeah. that's big. Like when people, and again, like the fastest way to, to create perceived authority is being a leader. So like whether you're leading a group or you're, uh, or even if you have like letters behind your name, like you, you know, you have an MD, um, something like that. I mean, that, that creates massive authority and then people just trust you. I so. know. I have an FU <laughs> right behind my name. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's it is fact. true. 
<laughs> so, so uh, have you uh, have you made the uh, GDRP the GDPR uh, transition? The GDRP transition. Uh, I'm very familiar with it. I I have not yeah. done. I am not fully compliant. I'm partially compliant at this point. Uh, I guess my I, I don't rush it because I don't really target your, I mean, the main thing is the, the language is vague, number one. So nobody knows for sure how strict this enforcement's going to be. Nobody knows yet because it's brand new. Um, number two is I, I don't target European Union members. So if I'm not targeting them, then I'm probably not going to be the primary. They're, I think first and foremost, they're going to go for people that are targeting European Union Union customers yeah. and are violating. I had, to, I had to go through it. I actually went through the whole thing. We had to put a thing on our website and like go through a whole like, you know, red tape yeah. sort of thing here in the Netherlands because the Netherlands is part of the European Union. So the Netherlands, just so for those, because sometimes I would say to people like, I'm going to the Netherlands. Like, what the <laughs> hell is that? Like the Netherlands, I'm like, Holland, where's that? And so uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, it's right across from England. So uh, there's a channel and then you know what they put on french fries um, in holland instead of ma- instead of ketchup <laughs> dang it mayonnaise lots of mayonnaise and curry ketchup curry. that's the other thing and the mayonnaise is different here yeah mayonnaise is fantastic uh so uh we're right above germany and uh right near france uh and so we're kind of like bordering those countries belgium uh so so if i go south just south of where i live i'll hit belgium and uh, just south of that, there's uh, France. And then just to the east of me, there's Germany. So I'm right near all these countries, and I can fly to almost any of them for That's like 50 cool. bucks. It's incredible. See, not only do you learn it's marketing cool. and movie news, but you also learn geography on this podcast. Yeah, I'm learning a lot of freaking geography here because um, – Yeah, I don't, I've never yeah, been to Europe. But, I've never uh, even uh, – you know, the farthest I've been out of the country is I've been to the yeah. Dominican Republic and I've been to Mexico. I've been to Canada for like driving to a cruise port. But that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get over here. You got to get over here. You know, wow air. It's uh, – you know, we'll, we'll do a Marketing Geeks show live. So, um, all right, give us, uh, give us three big marketing tips and we'll, uh, as we close out the show, I want to hear the big, big three marketing tips from me, from you. big three marketing tips. Let me think, yeah. let me think for a second. Well, why don't you start us off with number one tips. and then I'll, why don't we just take turns here? You start with number one. Okay. 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 Uh, l- let's see. Marketing hacks. All right. Uh, my marketing hack of the day is to, uh, use SlideShare to create a uh, your field of mastery, whatever you think you know, whatever you, you are the master of. As we were saying, you have to be an expert in your field. Use SlideShare, which is connected to LinkedIn. LinkedIn bought this company called SlideShare, which is basically like PowerPoint. If you go into your LinkedIn profile, you go to the top right-hand side, you'll see a little checkboard menu. You open that up, it'll take you to SlideShare. Create a SlideShare based on your area of expertise because it's search engine optimized. And if somebody is looking for a particular thing and they search for that particular phrase that's in your slide share, it might show up towards the top of your search. That's a good one. That's a good little known fact. Uh, number yeah. two, then we're going to, I'm going to stick with LinkedIn here. Uh, let's talk about profile. When you're, okay. when you're writing your profile, like mm. probably 90% of people are just copying and pasting their resume onto their LinkedIn profile. And they think that's enough. If you're a, I mean, and that might be if you're, if you're looking for a job, but if you're a business owner and that's what we're, we're talking about marketing. So I assume that most of you are business owners or you're uh, at least your sales professionals. 
you should actually be writing your your profile um, speaking to your target market segment instead of uh, instead of to a theoretical hiring manager that you don't need anymore because you already have a job or you already are self employed. So start thinking in terms of uh, write your profile for the end user in mind. The end user should be the person buying from you. Mm. So when you're when you're speaking to them, don't tell them how awesome you are at selling them. Tell them how awesome you are at servicing them and solving their problems. Right? I mean, that makes sense, right? You're solving you're solving ah, their that's problems. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, and then the, the other thing, just to echo what you just said about getting you know so your your profile ranked on search engines, your your LinkedIn profile is going to show up usually in the top three results of Google search. So it's not just LinkedIn. So I, I just did a presentation on this, and one I actually made some slides about this, and I, I I grabbed a few employees from the company, and I googled their names and took screenshots, and I'm like, let's look at let's look at the results here. Look, the number for some for some of them, they were like their number one search result was their LinkedIn profile when I googled their name, um, and then it's either wow. you're always the top three. Yeah, yeah so be mindful, so be mindful that. of that. Yeah. With, with your, you, you know, for those of you who are who are getting googled because you're on, um, you know. You know, some sort of like anybody wants to just find out about you, make sure that you look super pro because that is going to determine uh, whether or yeah. not people are going to do So, why don't you give one more tip and one more so, tip and then we'll wrap it matters, up? It matters. Okay. So, uh, my last tip is um, uh, uh, ah, here's a, here's a good one. If you are doing any YouTube stuff, stuff on YouTube, uh, before you upload your video, make sure that the video file name is uh, keyword optimized. Make sure that you have the names of the of the what you want the video to be uh, keyworded for. And the thumbnail is searching for that particular video. And the reason why is because yeah, well, the thumbnail is a secondary part of it, but the but the video file name when you export it, because a lot of times when you export a video file, it'll yeah. just be called movie one or whatever. It'll just or just some random or somebody will just put a temporary name. The name of the file when you export it before you upload it to YouTube is included in the search uh, results, so they factor that in. A lot of people don't know that. So that's that's good. Uh, little, I mean, that, it matters. Anything you can do to it. get a little boost yeah. on SEO is important. So I mean, and YouTube is the number two um, search network out there behind Google, and Google owns both of them. But I mean, yeah. Get found That's in YouTube. Right. That's right. So uh, I want to find out uh, what's 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 geeking you out, everybody. Like, what uh, what do you love? What what's what, what what are you geeky about? Like, you know, is it the is it, Ask the, is your it sci-fi? Questions. Is it marketing? Is it just like are you, subscribe, rate, share, rate, well, we don't rate five we, stars. Uh, Why not? We, who cares? Who cares if you don't like it? Rate it five stars anyway. We uh we're. And, and we'll, we're unqualified to really give you good answers. That's but right. We'll give you the, the best, best answers we can The give. best answers that we so, can give. All right. We can promise you that much. <laughs> so, from the Netherlands. From Camarillo. Stay classy. Stay classy.